Welcome to Sisterhood Hour Conversations, the podcast. I'm your host, Pumeza Langa. My guest today is Sitlo Bolani, the author of We Are the Ones We Need and the podcast host of The Workplace Revolutions and a strategic communications consultant and a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> She's an amazing, amazing individual, an amazing woman. And from the day that I met her, um, which was actually a couple of years ago, we first interacted on email online before we actually met. And since then, the the growth and the journey and the conversations that I've had with her have been absolutely incredible. She's opened up her heart and her mind and her knowledge in terms of her experiences and helping me guide um, and navigate certain areas of my own life in terms of my career and my professional life. And it's been such an incredible journey and it's been amazing to witness what she's been doing and what she's been able to do over the couple of years. And our conversation actually has nothing to do with the book, with the podcast, with the website, with her day job. It's got nothing to do with that. We literally are going to be talking about Sitle, the woman, the individual. And yes, she's got a lot of lipstick. <laughs> Check out my Instagram if you don't believe me. <laughs> and it was an amazing conversation and it was an enlightening conversation. And I think one of the, the areas that I really enjoyed talking about with her was just her personal growth as a woman, as a mom and as a daughter. And that has just been absolutely enlightening and has just opened up my mind to more of who she is. And I hope you get the same experience and get to take out a little something out of our conversations. So enjoy. And then, but thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. How's lockdown life treating you? Surviving. Surviving. (laughs) I'm, um, it's been, it's been very up and downish very unpredictable um yeah and even in just in terms of you know how i am emotionally and mentally responding yeah. to it has been very unpredictable um yeah. but now i'm just like you know i've got that itch that travel itch <laughs> right you know i'm just like oh my gosh and I the can't. weather is so good you know i need a change of scenery i need to breathe different air i need to hear different accents yeah. you know i just yeah yeah it's it'll be okay it'll be okay i think we just i think when i look at certain pictures on the socials and i'm just like Oh, you know, my vision board has to have changed quite a lot in 2020. And I'm like, okay, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. It's really not the end of the world. So it could be worse. And yeah, we just kind of like work with what we got. But thank you for your time. And I know our conversation is going to be anything and everything else but the book. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and I love that you actually when we were chatting about the podcast and initially when we were chatting I think it was like the start of lockdown I was like I need to have a conversation with you about about the book and your journey and when you said to me I just want to have a conversation about girl stuff and lipstick and makeup and the world outside (laughs) the book I was like that kind of makes sense because I think your world has been very consumed the last bit actually with the book and yeah. with the work and the different engagements that you have been part of. And that can get overwhelming, I can imagine. Overwhelming, but also just like frustrating low key because it's like mm-hmm. I'm not one dimensional like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know there's more to me than the fact that you know I'm kind of taking the fight to corporates to institutions you know there's mm-hmm. I want to talk about other stuff <laughs> <laughs> but I think because you were the first person to publicly well I won't say the first per- person but the one person who 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 spoke about it and voiced it and continued voicing it because mm. there's those bursts where people do talk about it and they kind of like disappear but 
but you just mm. continued and you continued and continued so i think people were like oh my gosh we need to get behind her and we need to like support <laughs> and voice ourselves and it was very cathartic i have to admit like i i was just like oh, wow okay this is a moment this is real but yeah. let's talk about what we're going to be talking about which is you the person so Sike, introduce us to who you are outside of what we know about you currently um so i oh gosh you know it's so, so funny because i just feel like my business has all been <laughs> all over the show so i'm just like what do people don't know um obviously everybody knows that i'm a mom um mm-hmm. and i am you know just a, a, a a young black woman who's kind of just working to redefine um the things that are fulfilling for me you know yes. for i'm 37 now but for most of my life you know my ideas of success and what would make me happy have always been influenced by everything that i've been told and all of the mm-hmm. you know the the cues that we get from society and from media and all of these things and yeah. now and this year particularly um it's really been a journey of just figuring out what makes me happy, what brings me joy, mm-hmm. even if it's in complete contrast to, you know, what I had been socialized to think would make me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the question around who am I? And actually, it's a very interesting question because yeah, I think about it a lot about when people say, so who are you? We always talk about our titles, right? It's always, yes. I'm a mom, am, I'm a strategist, yeah. I'm a this, yes. I'm a that. But, you know, the reality is that I'm just, I'm a young black woman who is figuring life out. And every single time somebody asks me that question, the likelihood is that the answer will evolve as I keep evolving yeah. as a woman, you know? That's amazing because I think when, like you say, when we introduce ourselves, we have all these different titles Mm. and we get so stuck on the titles and we don't realize that it's so fluid in terms of our different journeys and our experiences. Mm. And as we grow and go through things, um, those, I don't want to say those titles, but those definitions of who we are, that changes. Mm. And for me, one of the things, like the couple of things that I've been reading over this lockdown period and a couple of quotes and it's one of the things that stuck one of the 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 quotes that stuck with me was along the lines of that people will get so um hell-bent on holding on to their definition of who you are and don't realize that you are growing as a person so who they thought you were who they had defined who you were is going to change because you're changing and you're growing and your life experiences are changing as well. And Mm. we need to give ourselves that amount of grace to Mm. say, you know what, you, you do you, you grow and you keep introducing yourself to the rest Mm. of the world and be accepted. I think that's also one of those things. And one of the things that I remember when I first met you, it was, um, was celebrating um, an achievement at the Lishabana's house. And when I first met you, you, you were a foodie and you are a foodie. <laughs> and am. you were holding, you were holding, for, like, you were like, this is my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing is, for me, I'm like one of those people, like, I want to, like, can I chop something? Can I wash something? Like, so for you to say, Nana, I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> Sit down, you find a little corner and stay there. I was like, ta-la-la-la. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> but where did the love for food come from? Because, I mean, I think most people nowadays, when they think foodie, they think all the really amazing pictures we see on Instagram, yeah. the teachers and the... The, I don't want to say the money-making part of it, but the, the glitz and the glam and the like, oh my gosh, this is so wonderful. Would I ever eat it again? No. But yeah. having had conversations with you and having actually had the opportunity to break bread with you, you love food. You love the, 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 the beauty and the connector that it is. Absolutely. So how, how did that happen for you? Well, I started cooking when I was very young, um, you know. Um, <laughs> hey, we've got a co-host. <laughs> we've got a co-host. Who's that dish? Yes, yes, daddy. 
Yeah, this is the part I've ever seen. I love it. Flying scary shark. Flying scary shark. What is that about? Okay, so there's this guy that she loves, and now she's just like, no, I'm not loving it. Oh my goodness. Hi, lockdown life. <laughs> Welcome to it. Girl, it's a lot. Okay, so we'll pick up on your answer from the beginning. Cool. So I started uh, cooking when I was still very young. Um, I think, you know, when I was probably about five or six, I was already making um, my own, you know, that powdered custard thing. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I was already doing that on my own, you know, so I've, wow. I've kind of been on the Without pots. the lumps. <laughs> Without the lumps. <laughs> um, but obviously, you know, growing up and, 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 you know, when cooking was a chore, I absolutely couldn't stand it. But I always just had a knack mm. for it, you know. Um, people always wanted to eat food that I had cooked. And sometimes it would get very frustrating for me because I was just like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Um, you know, I even had a friend uh, when I was uh, in varsity who lived um, near me, like, you know, she didn't live far from me um, in mm. Bryanston. And, you know, once a week, you know, she they'd have a day in the family where, you know, yeah. they, they, they take turns cooking. Wow. And when it would be her turn to cook. <laughs> She would she literally bring the ingredients to my house and be like, okay, <laughs> please do your thing. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> and her family would be like, yes. <laughs> you are the one. <laughs> you know, uh, and that just became her thing. Like every time she needed to, to, to cook, she'd be like, okay, I'm coming tomorrow. <laughs> Um, but as I've gotten older, I've, mm. I've, I've learned to appreciate, um, firstly, that people really enjoy the food that I make, but yeah. also how food is able to just, you know, help cultivate so much love and warmth when we're all yes. gathered around for a meal. Um, and yes. I think that for me is really the biggest thing about food that I love so much. Mm. Um, but also there's just, you know, I, lo I love pleasure and food is just such a, mm. a pleasure in so many ways, you know, hits so mm. many senses. And so for me, it's just the whole, like, you know, whenever I speak about, for instance, traveling, yes, traveling yes, is great. Yeah. But what excites me most about traveling is eating different kinds of food. Mm. Like, I'm just like, yes. I just want to travel the world and eat. <laughs> I just wish that God had kind of worked our bodies a different way so that I can, we can just eat and not actually gain Do weight. Of, and not worry. And not, yeah, you right. know, and not have to be like, okay, so now I've got to, you know, up my, my, my cardio to be able to counter <laughs> this love for food. No, what you just ate. <laughs> Oh, if only, if absolutely only. But then I just don't have the, like, for instance, you know, I had initially started, like, two, three years ago, I had started a, a page on Instagram where I would post some of the things yes. that I, I make. But I just, I can't, I'm tired. Like, I can't do yeah. all of that kind of content creation. It's just exhausting for me. I just couldn't do it. I can't, no. But, I mean, it's it's great that you still do enjoy the food part and the cooking and the experiencing of food and not necessarily having to share it on mm. Instagram. And mm. um, I remember when um, I was with yourself and your mom and we were at a particular place and I think I could appreciate how someone who loves food when they're eating something for us, regular folk, <laughs> regular folk, <laughs> When we eat, we're like, oh, it tastes good. Oh, it's a bit salty. Oh, it's a bit this. But the two of you, you were, you were really eating it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like the texture and the flavors. And I was just like, okay, it's just a burger, <laughs> but okay. You know, it's funny because my mom, my mom's always like, um, whenever she whenever we're eating something or whenever she's having something and there's either yeah. something that she likes or something that she doesn't like but she doesn't quite yeah. know what it is she yeah. always be like just taste this <laughs> and i'll be like mm, yeah there's too much this so there's not enough yeah. there, so it's missing this and she'd be like see i knew it <laughs> <laughs> she just needed that extra confirmation right yeah <laughs> no 
my my sense of taste was very very strong which i appreciate yes and speaking of your mom i mean it was her birthday this week right yes on Monday. and what i've always seen is that your household with your daughter as well it's a it's a girl's girl kind of house like you've got your own little girl gang situation yeah. going on <laughs> and how has that been having your mom be very present in your life in the different chapters in your life and also when you had your daughter and having seen how your relationship with your mom has grown and changed as she's watched you become a mom and mm. then when you add your daughter into the mix um oh, okay, i need to edit this a little bit sorry <laughs> no worries <laughs> um oh okay wait let me start that question again okay so speaking of your mom your household is a very girl's girl i mean your mom it's you and your daughter and i love seeing how it's your your relationship is so it's so connected but it's very she's letting you grow as a mom she's letting you grow as a woman and but she's still there and from the sense that i get it's she's like your guiding lights in a sense um and your relationship is very like it's beautiful to see, right? Like I think I've I've seen the two of you interact a few times, and every time I look at you guys, I'm just like, wow. Okay, was it always like this, or have you found a way and a rhythm? And how has that been? And how has she been part of your growth, especially during the tough times, um, where mm. you've had to navigate? Okay, Cicle, you need to you need to woman up. Um, you need mm. to you you are now going to venture into unknown territory you've had to face your own challenges when it came to work and relationships and how you've had to kind of navigate being a single mom so how has mm. that been how has that been like for you guys all three of you actually with your daughter as well um it's definitely been um a journey of many many ups and many downs um you know uh, a lot of people see my relationship with my mom now and they're like oh my gosh I wish I had that with my mm. mom I wish I had that kind of relationship mm. and I can understand that completely I totally get it um because now we're in a good space but it hasn't always been that yeah. way um it's definitely been we've had many many years of a very serious <laughs> tug of war As um, you know because, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. because you know there's so many conflicts that exist in the in the parent child mm-hmm. relationship yeah. you know there's the parent who wants the best for their child they want their child to be a particular type of person a particular you know a particular type of professional a particular type of parent um they they have these dreams for you as a person um and you know they they have these ideas of how they want you to show up in the Mm -hmm. world and how they want you to represent them in the world and be a sign of their success as a parent and all of these things and all those things are natural and i'm air quoting it right because that's what we know that's what we've always seen and uh, the the conflict then is that you know i had different ideas about how I wanted to be, what kind of parent I wanted to be, the type of energy that I have is very different to hers. She's very kind of out there. She's uh, extroverted. Um, She never shies away from confrontation. I'm very calm. Mm. I'm very... I'm very observant and yeah. I, I tend to be slower to respond to things because I watch and observe and process and yeah. all of these things. Yeah. And she's very action now, do it, do it, you know? <laughs> so, so it was very frustrating for her mm. to interact with, with me without understanding me holistically. Mm, um, and very frustrating for me to be like, why are you trying to make me you? You know what I mean? Oh, wow, um, yeah. But I think when we eventually were able to have very honest and very painful conversations Mm. about our relationship, um, about our own, you know, uh, 
personal traumas, yes. um, relationship, I mean, conversations around the different ways in which we have caused each other hurt throughout the sure. course of our, our relationship yeah. and being able to understand each other's perspective, in a, you know, and having the conversations in a space where we're not defensive because it's not about attacking. It's not about who's right yes. and who's wrong. Yeah. Um, or who hurt who, who more than the other. It was yeah. about, this is where we went wrong, acknowledging those hurts and going, okay, so now that we're here, how do we move yeah. forward in a way that is both healing, but also yeah. in a way that we're able to truly enjoy experiencing each other? And I think that was wow. really the big game changer for mm. us. It really altered the nature of our relationship, but also mm. the quality of the engagement and the interactions that we have with each other. That's incredible. Sure. Which then obviously like, helps with my relationship yeah. with my daughter. With your daughter, yes. And I think we don't realize how our experiences in terms of how we were raised um, when we were children, like how that kind of does, does carry over to the next generation mm. when we have our own children. And now, you know, as, as a mom to a girl child, it's like, sure, okay, this becomes a, how do I, how do I navigate this? How do I um, not carry over anything that I mm. feel I didn't like? But then how do I then heal from that? Because then you, you may in your consciousness say, I don't want to carry this over. I don't want to carry this over. But sometimes it can happen and you're not yeah. conscious and you're not aware of it. So it's the healing part of it. And it's amazing that you guys have been able to do that. And I can't, um, I can't even begin to, you know, just think about like how intense it must've been. And yeah. it, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very difficult thing. because it's, you know, it, it's never, obviously it's not nice to hear mm. or be reminded of things that you have done that maybe you're not proud of or things mm. that make you feel like oh you know I did a really shitty thing or I yeah. said something really horrible, um, yeah. but the place that it's coming from is so important, um, yes, and also the true. tone of the conversation that you're having is so important. Yeah. Um, so it definitely was not an easy conversation, but also I think what you know I'm really really thankful for is the fact that yeah. I have a mother who is in the space where she actively wants to heal herself as well mm -hmm. and that's a key component because it's yes. one thing for you to want to bridge you know the the, the connection with your parent but if only yes. one of you is in that space if only one of you is prepared to do the work then it doesn't help you know it doesn't help. so I'm very fortunate that she's in that same space we're in that space at the same time because it's been able to be very very beneficial for us and how has your daughter seen this I mean has she ever said anything um I mean I'm sure she's also seen the transition between the two of you and how has she responded to it? Um, and how has your relationship, if at all, like, shifted as she's grown older? Because, I mean, now she's a young woman mm. and literally, like, she's about to go out there into the world. Yeah. And as a parent and as a woman, you're also like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> mm. Can I, like, keep you cocooned? So how, <laughs> yeah. are you how are you navigating that for yourself and having to except that at some point she's going to be like okay mom like yeah back um, off I'm, yeah, <laughs> that and also be like oh, I think I actually want to move yeah. to another continent or yeah, no, she's already told me that yeah. oh wow <laughs> she's got one foot here one foot in LA she's gone gone oh wow she's just waiting for the necessary things to happen and she's like oh, okay yeah. bye oh yeah but um it's been interesting. I mean, she uh, she definitely has witnessed, obviously, the change um, yes. in the relationship that I have with my mom. But she, yes. I don't think she has she can articulate it or has processed yes. it in such a way that she can communicate that. But yes. the way that I see it um, in terms of how it has impacted on her is that she is yes. so free in the way in which she communicates and the way in which she interacts and engages, yeah. um, which for me shows that she feels safe in this mm. environment. 
um, there's a psychological safety that we've been able to establish for her so that she can be fully herself whether she's with me or with my mom or with both of us she doesn't have to show one face to one person and different face to somebody else you know Um, but also I think that the shift in my relationship with my mom has helped me because I no longer feel the pressure to show up as a parent that the parent that my mom wanted me to be or thought I would be, Um, you know, I get to show up authentically as myself, which takes so much pressure from me as a parent, but also it enables me to, give my daughter the space to be herself as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm able to allow her to define for herself who she is, who she wants to be, uh, what her interests are, you know, what, what, what inspires her. Um, She defines it for herself. I don't, I've never had a conversation with her about this is what I think you should do with your life. This is where I think Mm -hmm. you should live. This is the type of work I think you should do. These are who I think you should be the people that I think you should be friends with. I've never ever done that with her. She speaks for herself. She Mm -hmm. says, this is what I'm interested in. And I go, okay, Mm -hmm. so how do I support you? What do you need to get done? What, oh, are you interested in dancing? Okay, what kind of dancing? Mm -hmm. Okay, let me find you something. Oh, are you into YouTubing? Oh, okay. If you're really serious about it, put together a plan and tell me what you want to do and when, and I can find you a strategist to help you plot out your stuff. Oh, what do you, you know what I mean? Um, Because I understand (laughs) that we are living in a very different world. And also I don't want her to, you know, for her entry into adulthood to be riddled with anxiety about being forced to do something that does not speak to who she is and what she wants to do with her life. That's, yo, that's incredible. That's a different kind of parenting. And I think a lot of um, people, a lot of parents nowadays, they kind of shifting towards that sort of parenting um, or trying to Mm. and stumbling along the way but um we're we're trying i think yeah for me yeah and it's okay and i think it's one of the it's one of the things that we have to acknowledge and understand and forgive ourselves Mm. um that there's a lot of stumbling that's going to happen but there'll be a lot of successes and moments where you'll feel like oh my word i've really got my stuff together and i'm Mm. doing good Mm. and one of the things that um also wanted to chat to you about was that for you in in the space that you're in um it's the journey has been about really being a force to be reckoned with which i think you are and but also having to find your voice in the way that you're comfortable with and being authentic to that even if the world will tell you no 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 um Sikla, we like you to be this kind of person and mm. It's it's the world that we live in where we are told that this is the expectation and in order to succeed or move forward and get whatever position and ranking in life, you need to conform. And how have you, in your journey, um, not just career-wise, but life-wise, have been able to choose who you want to be, authentically be that person, and where it doesn't work or where people don't accept that and respect that you've able you've been able to say okay you know what it's okay and Mm. walk away um and having to deal with that because i can imagine that i mean for me for my own experiences where it's painful Mm. right and it's that oh my gosh like how do i do this but you also realize that if you don't you cause yourself so much more pain mm. and you kind of, you're like, okay, but I want to be this person. I know I'm this person and I need to do the work, but there's that thing that sometimes will hold you back that says, no, but Pumeza, <laughs> if mm. you do that, you might just be standing alone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So how, how have you done that for yourself? It's always been, uh, I guess, interesting for me in both professional and and social um, environments in that I guess because I'm a very kind of um, observant and very kind of very chill and calm kind of person, I, I spend a lot more time 
watching and listening than I do speaking when I'm in various spaces. Um, and so I very much about energies, right? Um, and that has always influenced how I, I engage with people and the, the, the depth with which um, I engage. And, you know, I see, I guess, when I was probably in my early 20s is when I really started to see how, um, particularly within social circles, how mm-hmm. there would just would be, like, I would have friends that I'm very close with. Um, yes. And then they would invite me when they're out with their friends, okay. you know. And there would just be people that I just absolutely cannot connect with, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And then the, more, the more you all spend time together, the more I would just be like, Mm, yeah this is not this is not my scene this is not my Mm. vibe these are not my people you know um not because there's anything wrong with them not because you know but just it just isn't sitting right with me this isn't the space that makes me feel elevated and engaged that i want to be and so i would then just you know find my way out <laughs> graciously <laughs> um and yes it's very lonely because you know mm. for, for me it's you know my own experience is it's taken me a while a very very long time to get into a space where I feel like I'm truly connecting with people that I vibe with mm. you know in and yeah. in, in, in the ways that matter for me it's not just yes. about having a good time it's not just about, you know, we are hanging out because we know the same people. It's because we genuinely yes. want this connection. Uh, we yes. genuinely add value to each other in different ways. You know, we learn yes. from each other. We help each other. We laugh together. We offer each other comfort. Yes. Um, and those are the types of connections that I sincerely value, but also connections where I can feel safe. You know, um, that's very important for me. You know, Um, I want to know that I can show up as myself. I want to know Mm. that I don't have to be guarded when I'm around Mm. you, Um, whether that's in the professional context. I don't want to feel like I need to, if I'm going to meet with so-and-so, I must make sure I'm wearing pants or I must make sure I'm not Mm. to this or to that because then they're going to respond in this way. You know, I, I don't like those types of spaces. Um, it's exhausting so absolutely completely (laughs) exhausting but also you just end up you just keep shaving away layers of yourself just to Mm -hmm. keep fitting into spaces that are not for you Um, and so I kind of just had to get to a point where I had to make peace with the fact that I needed to wait it out a bit more before I found Mm -hmm. my people and my spaces and yes it's lonely and it's okay to be lonely sometimes Mm, it's okay. It's not I think the end of the world. I think in that loneliness, there's an opportunity also. Um, just to interject there, where you can you can learn more about yourself and yeah. um, work through the stuff that you know that that you don't really always allow yourself the time um, to to work through and deal with and get uncomfortable with. Mm. Um, but also just you know just enjoy your own company. You know, like, it's, it's in this day and age, it's hard to get to do that i mean now, now with the pandemic i think a lot of us are really getting to know ourselves um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just like been there been doing it right well the rest of us are like oh my gosh like what do i do uh-huh. how many zoom I, moments honestly, can i get <laughs> yeah exactly i've had I, I honestly believe that there is so much value mm. so much benefit in that period of isolation Mm. um because it benefits you the most absolutely yes there will be moments where it sucks because obviously we want that connectedness for ourselves um you know so you do miss those moments but if you're able to bring yourself back to remind yourself that even this isolation is serving a purpose it kind of helps make it a little bit easier it helps keep you on that keep you focused on working on yourself working on leveraging that period to get the most benefit for yourself and I couldn't have said a bit of myself that's that's actually what for me I've had to really kind of just 
dig deep and i mean i'm always one of those people who's like oh yeah self-care self-love take time for yourself and but when covid hit and the pandemic hit and it really i mean like i think a lot of us in different space in different ways like we were caught off guard and not just on a work-wise financial-wise but just in a okay, now I really can't go anywhere <laughs> to take yeah. my mind off, you know, whatever situation, whatever disagreement, whatever fight, whatever stressor, you really couldn't go anywhere. You needed to sit in it and work through it and figure it yeah. out and bring in whoever was part of it and yet to work through. And yeah. there is value in those things because then you can actually grow from that and grow in a positive way. But also understand who you are as an individual and see where you come in or you um, bring in whatever whatever elements to that stressor. So I think uh-huh. that's been been quite an interesting experience for me. But speaking of the connectedness, so connected was birthed <laughs> end of last year and became girl, like you know me like every time I see some you do something about connected, I'm just like. how and it's it's really like it just really it's blown me away and I I can't even imagine how it feels for you because Uh, I see what it's what it's become and becoming and I love that the women who have been a part of it since the beginning have really rallied around you but I think there's always also other women who haven't been in the center of it, they're coming to the fore and they're like, how do we do this? How do how are we connecting? How are yeah. we showing up for each other, for ourselves in the different spaces that we're in? And I love that. And I think that's what you've done with it. Was that the, the intention? What was the, I mean, was there a big dream? Was there, you know, what was the idea behind it? And why specifically black women? And I'll, and I'll, explain why I'm asking that but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, yeah that's about the first part <laughs> um, so connected is actually an idea that I first that I first came up with probably about uh, where are we 2000 so probably around four years ago four or five years ago in oh, fact wow. no about five years ago Wow. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, I have I have this idea that I think yeah. would be amazing because also I, you know, having been in, in corporate, having been to so many different women's empowerment <laughs> branches and lunches. Ooh, the tone and, that you just said that <laughs> And all of these things. And I was just like, I always walked mm. away from them and just been like, I don't know. That's not what I was hoping it would be Um, but also I just felt like so much you know when we when we speak about the relationships that women have uh, black women in particular so many people if you look at white people Mm -hmm. white men white women they Mm -hmm. kind of grow up already being um socialized about how to interact how to engage yes. how to network yeah. how to you know to to make sure that they are connecting with other people yeah. and they connect each other yeah. to opportunities you know that's just the mm-hmm. way that they've been taught that's how they've grown yeah. up um yes. and for us we for the most part grew up just surviving and you know, yes, we grew up with community in communities where we knew our neighbors, you yes. know, but it only was at that level, at a social level, that we know each other. If there's a party, uh, yes, we plug each other. Me. You know, if there's a yes. funeral, we let each other know and we're all. Yeah. But we don't do that in a professional context. We don't show mm. up in that way professionally for each other you know we don't do enough mm. of the referrals enough of mm. the this is an opportunity that i've come across um and i think pumez would be perfect for for it so let me share it with her or okay. yeah this is a great opportunity i don't have the capacity or i don't have this this particular the, what they require 
but I know yes. Fumeza does. Somebody. So let me pass it on yeah. to her. So opportunities will come and we'll just go, well, it doesn't apply to me, move on. We don't even think about mm-hmm. who could this who could. benefit? Who could, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and we need to start. Mm-hmm. Do- so I wanted to create a space where we hey, firstly learn more about ourselves, um, mm-hmm. figure out where our own individual internal uh, areas of development are and work on that because it's important to know who we are and where we're at emotionally and mentally um, and what our triggers and blockages are um, so that we can deal with them right Um, but also then to get into a space where we it becomes second nature to us to mm. automatically think of plugging other women, other mm. black women into opportunities. Yes. Even if I think to myself, okay, I want to start a new business mm-hmm. um, and this is what I want it to be about. Actually, I think Upameza would be a great person to collaborate with because she brings these sorts of skills or she mm. has these resources that we can actually you know, put together and be able to create an even more solid business. Um, we're we're not doing enough of that and I wanted to create a space where women who would probably never ever get an opportunity to meet get a chance to meet get a chance to interact meaningfully speak about what what we have in common speak about our dreams speak about what we want for ourselves what we want for our careers because I might be telling my story or be telling about a goal that I have or a dream that I have and you you never know what it's going to spark in somebody else or how somebody somebody else else. can add value to it and make it an even bigger dream for you where you're like actually I never considered that that's an that's a great idea that's an that's an amazing opportunity you know or to be sitting and going oh so you're in comms I actually have a friend who's who's just started a business and they're going to be kicking off a campaign so let me actually connect you with do you know what I mean that kind of space because if you're in a space where you're with people that you know you kind of are you know on the same wavelength you are wanting the same outcomes you know there's this shared value amongst yourselves then it's a lot easier to pour positivity into it and a lot easier to open your mind to how you can add value to the greater community that you're in and so that's what I wanted to do to create that kind of space where we instinctively want to help each other Mm. and I think it's it's one of those things where as women we're pitted against each other a lot of the time Uh. and we're told that there's not enough for everybody Uh. and what you've done is no there's enough for everybody it's not necessarily in the same spaces Uh. and it's okay just choose where you want to be how you want to be in that space and you know move forward with that and the people who can link you up will be able to do that and it's okay Mm. and you're not taking away from yourself you're actually bringing more in abundance and you're telling the universe that okay you know she she can do this and she can pass it on and we can give her more absolutely and and, and allowing other people and allowing other women especially in the generations that come after us to Mm. learn a new lesson and to learn a new narrative Mm. And hopefully that they can also carry forward in their lives. Absolutely. So just to switch up the conversation a little bit, <laughs> I wanted to find out from you one of the things that I actually noticed when you do a lot of your um, your IG lives, especially with the, the readings on Sundays and the mm. latest connection that you do. I was like, so this girl and her lipstick and her makeup game. <laughs> Because when I look at you, I'm like, you're such a girly girl. And it's <laughs> awesome. But I'm like, how does she do her brows like that? <laughs> so because it was, national, it was National Lipstick Day a few days ago, what is your go-to lipstick and why in terms of the color? Not necessarily the brand, but just mm. color-wise and what does it remind you of? And is there a specific lipstick that you wear for a specific occasion that kind of like you know sets the mood for you that's accompanied by a specific song so what's what's that for you and why um yeah so I have like oh my gosh 
I I literally have a makeup store um, here at home. <laughs> I have so many lipsticks, um, and so many of them I haven't even used yet. But I just like <laughs> I, I have a very serious lipstick obsession. I just <laughs> it's okay. love beautiful lipsticks, but I like have like three go tos. <laughs> It's a little insane, um, but it, it really depends. So generally, um, my go-to lip heat is a is, is some shade of nude, and that's the okay. most uh, the most number of lipsticks that you'll find. I have v- different shades of nudes, um, and my mom's always like, "Are these not all the same?" No, they're not the same color. color. No, they're not. They're different shades. <laughs> I know what so, you mean. They're different so shades. If, if, I, if, if I said, say I have 100 lipsticks, yeah. probably about 60 are different types oh, of wow. nudes. So that's my general go-to, you know, when I'm going to work or yeah. um, or if I'm going because it doesn't distract mm. from oh yes walk, right it doesn't yes. distract from what i'm doing so it's very neutral mm. um it's i would probably wear a nude going on a first date mm. um if i'm going that is likely going to be a challenging meeting or a meeting mm. where you know i need to you know put my foot down take up space <laughs> yes. then I will likely wear a, 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 a darker bolder lip um, okay so I have like this pink that almost looks reddish so that would be my oh, go-to yes. lippy where I go to that kind of okay. where I need to you know seriously assert myself yes. um, because it kind of, it sets the tone it's a very kind of no nonsense kind of vibe about it and then if I'm feeling playful, then that's when you'll see a lot more of the brighter colors. So the pinks and the oranges will come out a lot more. And especially during spring and summer, um, then yes. I do tend to go yeah. a bit brighter. But most of the time, I'll have my nudes. Um, yeah, I'm just a nude kind of girl. I love that. <laughs> just to wrap up a little bit, um, I wanted to ask you, for any woman, young woman, whether it's mid-career transition, what would you like them to remember from based on your experiences? Um, is there a lesson, some pearls of wisdom that that they can hold on to um, that you've picked up and that mm. has carried you through during your toughest times? Absolutely. Um, it'll probably be um, to prioritize yourself. That's probably the biggest but, lesson for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And prioritizing yourself in, your, in terms of your career means making yeah. decisions that are beneficial for you, um, for, mm. for your own development, for your own progression within the workplace, um, but also building the kind of networks that you benefit you, yes, but also that you can add value to. Um, don't just be a taker. Mm. Um Mm, but then mm. in the context of your personal life, again, also prioritize yourself. We, you yeah. know, have gotten so used to the idea of us being caretakers, of us being the people who yes. look after everybody else and their needs and and put ourselves last so that we are humble, so that we are down to earth, mm. so that we are acceptable strong black and women. strong <laughs> and lovable and, yeah. you know, no how can everybody <laughs> else be selfish and still be lovable but we can't no we must suffer yeah Mm-mm-mm. so that's no okay. that's true like prioritizing self i think um <laughs> uh i i learned that and then i forget it and then i have to remind myself yeah <laughs> I mean, look we are literally undoing things that we've been told for over 30 years mm-hmm. so it's not something that we're just going to be able Overnight. to wake up and decide okay this is how i'm going to change and then that's it we have to yeah. keep it's gonna we're gonna keep going oopsie i forgot i forgot okay but i remember now back to it <laughs> you know it's gonna happen and it shocks people hey and it shocks mm-hmm. people along the way where they're like wait hold on, hang on a second this isn't you and you're like no 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 it, it's me this is yeah. this is me this is who i am and people love i'm comfortable with it. you've changed yeah i have 
Thanks. Yeah, yeah, for the better <laughs> of me. <laughs> Get with the program. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I actually there's um there's a guy um mm. that um I saw briefly a while ago and yeah. he has this thing where he like will pop up um every now okay. and then. And mm. he's always so I guess offended that I'm just so blunt about <laughs> my lack of interest or so blunt about not having the time. Mm, Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's always like, why are you always so mean to me? So the last time he did that whole, um, you being so mean to me, I was like, I see that you have a very complicated re- or very tense relationship with the truth. Because mm. every time I give you an honest answer, you say I'm being mean. That's wow. something you need to deal with. Not my problem. Fix yourself. And how did please? <laughs> how did he respond to that? Did he even respond? I don't think people can respond to that. He said, um, "Oh gosh, I forgot you're an author. You and words." <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> you couldn't come up with something better than that. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? <laughs> Moving right along. I do not have the time. <laughs> And so people, uh, people do that. People will try to make you feel guilty for mm-hmm. not putting up with their shit. And you know what? No, we're not playing that game anymore. No, can't, can't. The guilt tripping is too exhausting. Mm-hmm. I mean, we guilt trip mm-hmm. ourselves on a day-to-day yeah. basis. Exactly. We don't need a, a whole chorus line behind us doing the same thing. Mm. But see, I have to dash. My daughter's doing things to the washing line that I just, I think I need to attend to because I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is dangerous. Don't shave. <laughs> so I'm watching her and I'm like, good Lord, this is not mothering right now. Oh my gosh. I'll send you a photo. Like, legit, I'll send you a photo. <laughs> Well, good luck with that situation. <laughs> thank you. But thank you so much for your time. I really, I really, really appreciate it. It's been amazing <laughs> having a conversation with you about the other elements of you that I think we don't we don't get to learn about and hear about and get to appreciate because they all are part of who we who we see and who we read about. And Absolutely. little bits of pieces that we've been introduced to in terms of your blog and in terms of connected in terms of your book as well. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me and for the amazing work you are doing through thank the whole you. sisterhood platform. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But go forth and be amazing. Continue to be I amazing. I shall. Thank you. <laughs> and please use more of your lipstick, girl. <laughs> I will. I will. Actually, I should, I should actually, like, I should have been doing one lipstick a day throughout lockdown and see how far I get. That would have been an interesting <laughs> challenge. <laughs> cool. I think lockdown is still going to continue for a while, so you've got time to catch up. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should, actually. <laughs> Thanks. Do it. Do it. We, we love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you so much, Sita. All right. Bye. <laughs> Take care. Bye.